Praise the Lord. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Let's stand. Um, you can. You can bring it. Yeah. Praise God. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. We pray, but let's just praise the Lord a little bit. Raise both hands. Give the Lord glory. Come on. Let's just give him praise. Father, we bless you today. We honor you. We glorify you. You're our God, our King, our Master, our Lord. We are loving you. We are honored to serve you. We are ready to meet all of your expectations, all of your requirements. We give you praise, Lord, and we thank you, Master. Father, I pray that you'd strengthen our bodies, that we'd be wide awake, that our minds would be focused, our spirits would be tuned to the Spirit. We'd hear what you're saying. We'd be doers of your Word, and we would meet your requirements, Lord, because your requirements are not grievous to us. They're not grievous to us, Lord. Your commandments are not grievous to us. Your expectations are not grievous to us because we know you. And we bless you and we honor you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated. And, uh, oh, wow. You got state of the art over there, man. State of the art. Wow. I'll move this up. So, praise God. Well, while I was just praying, and I'm not going to start my 45 minutes yet because I want to get into this, but I was just seeing when I was praying, the Bible says it, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. If you're going to move to next, it's not optional to obey Jesus. Ooh, I feel good today. I, I feel about giving some strong stuff. My protégés at certain levels, it's not optional to do certain things. It's required. Brother Mike, they don't like that. They're not my protégés. Not my protégés. They're my parasites. Or they're my partners. Or they're my friends. But if God is moving you to your next level, new requirements will come to you. And then the Lord reminded me. In fact, I woke up thinking about this today. And then the Lord reminded me. He said, those that love me keep my commandments. Or keep my requirements. Or keep my expectations. And if you stop reading there, that seems, wow, that's demanding. But then he adds P.S. onto it. And my requirements, my commandments, my expectations are not grievous. They're not grievous. What's the key? If you love me, if you love me, you keep my commandments, and my commandments are not grievous to those who love me. So as you move to next, and none of this in my notes, it was just my spirit. I woke up early this morning, and this was in my spirit. What does the Lord require? What does he require? I find that every dimension I move to, there are new requirements. There are new requirements. Not new options. Now, it is optional in this sense. God says, Mike, I want to move you from here to here in your influence. I'd really like to do that. These are the requirements to move to here. Lord, I don't want to move to there. I mean, I don't want to do those requirements. He says, that's fine, son. I love you. Stay right here. I'll use you right here. It's fine. It's good. I wanted to take you to next, but you don't want to meet the requirements, so stay right here. See what I'm saying? So as the Holy Spirit, and, and the Lord just kind of downloaded this in me this morning, so I didn't know he was going to have me pass it on to you, but. His requirements are not grievous 
if you love him. If you love him. And the key to loving him is knowing him. Because the more you, come on somebody, the more you know him, the more you love him. And the more you love him, the easier his requirements are. The easier his requirements are. In fact, I don't even think of them as requirements anymore. I think of them as opportunities. See what I'm saying? I don't even think of them as requirements anymore. I think of them as opportunities. Mike, in order to mentor these, these kind of people, this, 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 you have, in order to do that, it's going to require more study, going to require more prayer, going to require more fasting. And, and if I don't really know him, so I love him like I need to, then those things are heavy. Man, Lord, I've only got so much time. I mean, I just, it's just, Lord God, I mean, I mean, wow. But, but when I know him, and the more I know him, the more I love him, and he says, these are the requirements to move to your next, I say, oh, wow, Lord, thanks. Thank you for complimenting me. Come on, somebody grab that. We were talking about that a little bit on the way. It's a compliment. He says, I trust you enough to move you to the next place in me. And there's going to be some more requirements necessary, but that's because I, I trust you. And my response is, oh, I don't consider them really requirements. They consider it a compliment. Thank you, sir. It's an honor to serve you. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, that's the prelim. That's the prelim. All right. Now, I'm going to start my 45 minutes now. So it's about 9.42, and so we'll go to about 10.30, 10, whatever that is. Daniel, set a timer or something. Somebody set a timer. Why uh, no, you got one. Praise the Lord. Let's review real quick. We're talking about the power of next and last night. We talked about the plan and purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to constantly morph us into the image of the Son of God. Amen? Constantly moving us into next. We looked at the scripture of Romans 8, 29, if you missed any of it. And, and uh, you did mention just a minute ago we're recording it. Can they get it from the church here? Good. 2 Corinthians 3.18 talks about that God is changing us from glory to glory into the very image of the Lord. We talked about that God never changes himself, but he desires to constantly change us. We talked about that what God does next is always greater than what he did last. Amen? We talked about if the caterpillar doesn't break out of its cocoon and move to the next season of being a butterfly that the cocoon becomes its coffin and it dies. We talked about that even Jesus had to live in the power of next. And I'm not going to review everything we talked about last night because the Lord gave me extra revelation and we moved into that. Then we got into the monumental importance of next. And I talked about the only safe place is the next place. The only anointed place is the next place. Not in the sense of geographical location, but in the place where God is taking us spiritually. Amen? The only anointed place is the next place. The only prosperous place is the next place. And I think we stopped right there. So let's start on some new stuff this morning. The only fulfilling place is the next place. Say that with me. The only fulfilling place is the next place. Say it again, please. The only fulfilling place is the next place. I think we talked about, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before that we did a series on being fulfilled in Christ. How to live the fulfilled life. The only fulfilling place in God is where God is and he's moving to next all the time. So what he did yesterday will not fulfill me today. That's why there's so many discontented people in the body of Christ. Now, we ought to be unsatisfied because we, I talked about that last night, remember? Difference between contentment and satisfaction. I'm not satisfied with me yet. 
I'm content with where I am in the Lord, but I want to move forward. But there's so many discontented people in the body of Christ. You hear things like this. Well, I may have to look for another church. I just I don't feel like I'm getting fed here. You got to eat. And we can't put it in you intravenously. Well, I'm, I'm looking for a move of God. I'm discontented. I'm looking for a move of God. You've got to move toward God. God doesn't move toward me till I move toward Him. And we've got all this discontentment because they're unfulfilled. And then we start expecting, and I can't spend a lot of time on this, but I'm going to move on. We start expecting other people to fulfill us. And that becomes idolatry because the only one that can fulfill us is the one who made us. So marriages get messed up. Why? Because the husband is expecting the wife to fulfill him. She can't. The wife is expecting the husband to fulfill her. He can't. The only one that can fulfill us, the Bible says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him. So we expect the church to fulfill us, not the job of the church to fulfill us. We expect the pastor to fulfill us, not his job to fulfill us. It's his job to equip us, to perfect us, to bring the word, to train us, to help us, not his job to fulfill us. The only fulfilling place in God is where God wants you to move next. In your relationship with him. Next, the only happy place is the next place. I don't know about you, but I've decided I'm going to live a happy life. Well, Brother Mike, that's not up to you. Well, who's it up to? I, I think I'm responsible for my happiness. I don't think Karen is. I don't think you are. I don't think anyone is but me. How many know you have to make a decision? Happiness is a decision you make. Paul could write in the prison, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? He decided to be happy where he was. He's in the prison. That was God's next. Hallelujah. I'm going to write several books while I'm in here. Praise the Lord. It's a happy place. You ever hear people say, I'm looking for my happy place. I want to go to my happy place. Well, first of all, you've got to make a decision that God really wants you happy. You know, the Bible says this. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. But look at that phrase. Serve the Lord, how? With gladness. So I'm up here this morning in Abbotsford looking out at precious, wonderful ambassadors for Christ. And I'm happy to be here this morning. I could have woke up and said, oh, I'm tired well, the sun has shone so nice, but it's cloudy today, and oh, God, the crowd will be bigger tomorrow morning. It's not Sunday morning. It's Saturday morning. Oh, Jesus. Boy, I miss Karen today. Oh, God, what? Oh, I wish I was on a razor today. Uh, not, not this razor. Polaris razor. We, we went on a Polaris razor. And uh, I could do all that. But no, I woke up this morning and uh, I didn't just do a back. I know I'm not talking about doing a backflip out of bed, you know, and dancing in the spirit on the way to the bathroom and just happy, happy, happy. I got to wake up. I need a little coffee. God created it on the earth for that purpose. <laughs> I got to wake up. I, you know, but once I wake up, this is the day the Lord has made. I can't regain tomorrow. I can't regain yesterday. Tomorrow may not arrive. I get to be with the people of God this morning. I'm going to serve the Lord with gladness. Make up your mind to keep moving with God. Can I be real honest with you as a papa? Let me tell you something. Some of the most sad, most sad, some of the saddest people I know are ministers of the gospel that have ministered for 30 and 40 
years or 50 years and quote-unquote retire, which I think is a mistake for ministers of the gospel. I think it's a mistake for anybody. I think you have a right to retire from a corporation or a career or even quote-unquote ministry in some sense, but you never retire from moving with God to the next place. Retirement is when my body is no longer having my spirit within it. Then I can stop representing Jesus. But as long as I'm breathing the breath of life, and you can slow down, you can change, you can, you can modify. But some of the most negative, bitter, unhappy, full of regret people I know are ministers of the gospel that are in their 80s. And they're unhappy, and they're sad, and the only ones they remember out of their ministry are the ones that did them wrong. The Judases, the Absaloms, the Demases, they remember all those people, and they rehearse it over and over and over. Yeah, but don't you, didn't you have any John the Apostles? Didn't you have any Timothys? Didn't you? Yeah, but you know those other folk. Folks, move to the next place in God and you'll be happy. You really can be happy in this life. And then the super spiritual ones. I don't need happiness. I need joy. Well, hallelujah, glory to God. Amen. I want both. I understand joy is deep and happy is out here, but I need both. <laughs> wow. I just had a flashback to a crazy song we sang in youth camp back in the antediluvian age. We went to the Lake of the Ozarks to a youth camp, and uh, Brother George, I still remember him. Man, he's been with Jesus for a long time. He got to sing this crazy song. Happy, 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 happy. I'm so happy I am here. Jesus came to overcome the world and to give to us good cheer. Happy, 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 happy. I'm so happy I am here. Jesus came to overcome the world and to bring to us good cheer. Brother Mike, that's not deep. Let me tell you some of the deep folk. I'm depressed today. I don't feel the Spirit of God today. I'm not getting fed today. Or happy, 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 happy. I'm so happy I am here. Your decision. You move with Jesus and there's joy. Yeah. You're not always dancing in the spirit. You have to walk through some hard times. That's where the joy is your strength. But I want some happy. And you, the only happy place is the next place. So I believe I need to serve the Lord with happy. I need to serve the Lord with gladness. I could come in this morning and say we have three sessions. I mean, we have three sections and the place isn't full. I don't make any difference to me. My happiness is not dependent on who's here, who isn't here. My happiness is dependent on the fact that God has assigned me on a, on a Saturday morning to teach you three 45-minute sessions on how to move to next. And if it wasn't anybody but me and one other person here, I'd be teaching just like I'm teaching now because this is my assigned place today. It's a, it's a mindset difference. You receiving this? No, i gotta, I got to move forward. The only comfortable place is the next place. Now, I'm going to throw you a little curve here. So how many notice in these kind of sessions? Well, Pastor Daniel told me to just skip the salad this weekend. So how many notice that in my ministry I tend to stretch your thinking a little bit and blow up platitudes, you know, that we're always... Now, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, but we preachers say this all the time, and we know what we mean by it. 
And believers say this all the time, and we know what we mean by it. But the Lord mentored me in this the other morning, and it really was a fresh approach to me. We're always saying this. God wants to get us out of the comfort zone, out of our comfort zone. Now, we know what we mean by that. We don't want to stay in the cocoon so it becomes our coffin. And so we believe that. But I said that a few mornings ago, several mornings ago, several weeks ago now. And I said, God doesn't want us to be in our comfort zone. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I really am trying to get you in your comfort zone. And I said, no, no, Lord, that's not, that's not what we say. We say... You know, it's like, come on, have you ever, uh, you know, I mean, you may not have said it, but I mean, you're thinking, no, that's not the, that's not the platitude. The platitude is God is trying to move us out of our comfort zone. And the Holy Spirit, if you get to know Jesus, you get to know the Lord, I mean, you have a lot of fun, he'll laugh with you. And I I said, no, Lord, it's, that's not what we say. And it's almost like I'm hearing the Holy Spirit saying, really? <laughs> really? Oh. And I said, I really don't understand that. You're going to have to help me with this. He said, Michael, the only place you should be comfortable is moving with me into what's next. He said, the comfort zone is moving with me in what's next. I'm not trying to move you out of your comfort zone. I'm trying to move you into mine. So you're comfortable. <laughs> I don't want to spend the rest of my life uncomfortable. I don't believe the will of God should be uncomfortable. I believe I ought to be uncomfortable if I'm not in the will of God. So if I'm in the will of God, that should be my comfort zone. So the Lord was teaching me, yes, I do understand you, Mike. I do understand that you want to not get comfortable in a wrong zone. So that's true. But what he's trying to do is teach us something on a higher level, that your comfort zone is with me in whatever's next. And so what he's really trying to do is change your comfort zone. So the only safe place the next place, the only anointed place, the only prosperous place, the only fulfilling place, the only happy place, the only comfortable place is the next place, moving with God. Amen? Now, the uncommon power of next. Olivia, do we have that next? Good. The uncommon fruit of next, the uncommon power of next. And... Uh, I want to cover this relatively quickly because we want to get into barriers of next. Put up the first one, please, because I've moved mine around. Number one, it defeats boredom. When you move with God into what God has next for you, it defeats boredom. I'm going to tell you something, friend. And I'll just speak for me. If Karen was here, she'd be laughing. I would rather fight demons than be bored. I'm not kidding. I'd rather have confrontation, conflict, warfare, whatever we need than to be bored. It's just my makeup. I just can't, I, I cannot endure boredom. And I really think that decisions make up most of what happens in our lives. I don't, I don't, oh, well, you've heard me teach on this before, but I'm sorry, but I'm going to hit another platitude here. Y'all must be eagles because we're destroying platitudes today. Don't get upset with me. Hang on, here goes another one. Another one bites the dust. You've heard me teach on this. I really do not believe at all that God is in control of everything. I do not believe that. I know we're supposed to. 
God is in control of everything. Did he comb your hair this morning? Did he brush your teeth? Did he decide what clothes you would wear this morning? In fact, they just jumped on your body. God was in control. I was driving in Orange, Texas. I wasn't driving. I was riding, but a man was driving, a a pastor with me. And we passed the sign on our church, and it said, Relax. God is in control of everything. And I looked at him, and I said, See that sign? And he said, Relax. God is in control of everything. I said, Praise the Lord. Just turn loose of the steering wheel. Just turn loose, turn loose of the steering wheel. Relax. Turn loose of the steering wheel. Floor it. Ignore the red light. God's in control. Nothing will happen bad. It'll be good. Don't worry. Don't worry. God, God's got this. God's in control. Don't worry. No need to worry. God was in control on a September 11th morning when planes flew into the Pentagon of my country and into two. God, God, don't worry. Don't worry. God's in control. Don't worry about that. Don't worry. Treat your wife with disrespect. Don't worry. God's in control. Uh, No need to pay your taxes. (laughs) Don't you wish? No need to pay your taxes. Just don't file. Just don't worry. Don't worry. God will take care of it. He's in control. Hallelujah. Stupid. Wrong concept. Fatalistic. Whatever God wants to happen is going to happen. If that's true, why did God, why did Jesus teach us to pray? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If it's in control, if he's in control, it's going to happen anyway. Why try to get people saved? God's in control. The ones he wants saved are going to get saved. Why go to the Ukraine and minister to people? I mean, God will take care of that. Come on, anybody seeing this? We understand that God is in control of what we give him control of in our lives. But let me ask you this question. Who is in control in the Garden of Eden? Yeah. God was in control? No. Eve's decision to eat what he told her not to was in control. Eve and Adam's decision, we always always say, that's always put it on Eve. The Bible says Eve was deceived. Adam was stupid. (laughs) The Bible said Eve was deceived. Adam ate it knowing what he was doing. I'd rather be deceived than stupid. So, Brother Mike, what could he have done? (laughs) I would have said, We got a problem here. (laughs) She ate. I haven't. She wants me to. I'm not. What's plan B? Decisions. Was God in control of you being born again? Or did you decide to receive him as Savior? I tell you folks, and I can't spend a lot of time on this, but you've got to understand that a lot of my today And a lot of your today is the result of yesterday's decisions. Not all of it. I mean, things that are out of our control happen in our lives. We understand that. But a lot of what we are today is because what we decided yesterday. There are people that need to be here today. God's drastically wanting to move them to next, and they'll come for counseling in the next 90 days to the pastor and say, I'm having real trouble, but they're laying in their cotton-picking bed today instead of being here learning biblical principles how to go to next. 
And if I were you, I wouldn't counsel them. I'm serious as a heart attack. You play games with lazy people. Now, there's a lot of people that want to be here, can't be here, so don't try to figure out who's who. I'm, I'm going to get in. Just don't worry about that. Well, the apostle isn't here. He had an appointment he had to keep. I had, a break, I had breakfast with him today. Brother Mike, we're going to tell some people you said that. Please do. Relate it. Brother Mike, you can't talk like this. People won't give in the offering. I have a Jehovah Jireh. I am not a comfort agent. I am a change agent. We got enough comfort agents. God bless you. We understand. Gitchy, gitchy, goo. I'm not a gitchy, gitchy. I'm not a gitchy, gitchy, goo guy. I'm a whap, 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 wake up, let's go. Got to move on. Going to next. Going to next defeats boredom. Next. Going to God's next energizes your mind. Your mind comes alive. And you don't want to live brain dead. You want your mind to be alive. And when you once your heart determines your desired next, your mind comes alive planning the strategies and the tactics to get there. The reason why a lot of people don't have new ideas is because they're not going to new places. Your mind... Do you know that scientists tell us that we probably only use 10% of our minds? 10% of our brain power. Wow! And many don't approach that. <laughs> wow, I want my mind to be energized, I want my mind to have ideas. Brother Mike, you're over 60. That means you've got to become dull. No. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. Colonel Sanders of Kentucky Fried Chicken fame was old, older, and walked into Evangel Temple in Louisville, Kentucky, when the McDuff brothers were holding a revival and found Jesus and then remembered his mama's finger-licking good recipe. And he's still making money off you, and he's in heaven. His mind came alive. i got too much revelation in me. I'm not moving fast enough. i got to move faster. But if you want your mind to come alive, new ideas, new dreams, new concepts... Your mind, energy. Do you know the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart? And we've always said, well, that means your spirit. No, it doesn't. If you look at the Hebrew, it says, in the mental, cognitive, deductive process of your thinking. As a, as a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, that's what he'll be. Energetic, on fire, new ideas, new concepts, new desires, new goals. When you decide to move with God to next, it energizes your mind. Number two, or number three, it enlarges your expectation. When you're moving to next, your expectation gets larger. You begin to believe God for great things. You begin to expect God to do greater things. Number next, it facilitates elimination. It facilitates elimination. Brother Mike, what do you mean by that? What you must eliminate. What do you have to eliminate to move to God's next? In other words, if God is moving me to my next season, what do I have to eliminate in my current season? In other words, what am I doing now that I can't do in the next season? But, Brother Mike, it needs to be done. Right. So how can I delegate it? Well, I feel like I'm in a leadership seminar. How many want to be in leadership, real leadership in the kingdom of God? Every one of you ought to. Every one of us ought to want. 
I'm not talking about leadership necessarily in the church. It may be in the church. I'm talking about just leading in your circle of influence. All of us have circles of influence where we influence people. Amen? It facilitates elimination. (laughs) To the pure, all things are pure. To the defiled, all are defiled. So I'll use this illustration. Elimination is as important as assimilation. What I mean by that? I'll make it more obvious. The bathroom is as important as the dining room. You need to, you got it. (laughs) You need to assimilate food to live. But you need to eliminate waste to live. If all you do is assimilate without eliminate, you're going to die. You're going to have, you're going to be toxic physically. Same way spiritually, same way relationally. And when you decide to move with God into the next season, it will facilitate elimination. What's that mean? You'll know what you need to stop doing in order to do what God has next. And I'm not talking about sin even. I'm just talking about good things. Good things are the enemy of better things in next. What do I need to stop? What relationships do I need to change? And it'll show you. But as long as I stay in what was last, I won't eliminate anything in my life. When I get home, I'm going to be eliminating some things. I'm going to be eliminating. I need to eliminate about five pounds physically because when you get in your 60s, things want to go on a southern vacation. (laughs) They never want to go north. They want to go south. And, and this wants to move to this. And so I, I have to I, physically, to do what God is calling me to do next, I've really got to stay physically strong. I have to. And so Olivia and I are going to do kickboxing. She did kickboxing this morning. It, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I do know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to cut out bread. I'm going to have to cut down the carbs. I'm not going to be able to eat pie for a while and cake. I've got to get away from David who keeps putting toast in front of me. <laughs> Cranberry orange toast. That thick with butter. That's no. <laughs> you, <laughs> you have to eliminate cranberry orange toast. To move to next, or it's going to prohibit me. Not just in the physical, but in the spiritual, and the mental, and the relational. Number next, it renews your youth. Moving to what God has for you next will renew your youth. How many like to stay young? Brother Mike, you can't. The Bible says he renews your youth as the eagles. I'm not talking about an age. I'm not talking about chronology. I'm talking about attitudinally. I mean, I'd love to go back 20 years in age if I could keep the mind I have now. (laughs) If I didn't have to give up what I've learned in the last 20 years. You know what I mean? And I'm just finding, and and people come to me, and a lot of my young protégés come to me. I remember I took one guy with me to, to Brazil. And we were going to minister in Brazil, in Manaus, Brazil. And we had to fly from Houston, Texas to Rio de Janeiro. And I think that was like 12 hours or something like that. And we got to Rio, and we couldn't go out of a secure area, so we had to push. But we had to get our luggage. They wouldn't transfer it all the way through. So we pushed our luggage around the Rio de Janeiro airport for eight hours. And the Rio de Janeiro airport, maybe it's better after the Olympics, but before that, it was the opening to the bottomless pit. That terrible place. And we pushed our luggage around for eight hours after we flew for 12. Didn't sleep, you know, and we're waiting. And finally, we get on the plane to Manaus, which is another seven and a half hour flight. Brazil's a huge country. And we get on, and we're in a little plane, and we're like this. 
And my young protege is a big guy. And, <laughs> and he's sitting here, and he sees, he sees a man coming in that is massive down the aisle. And I heard my protege because there's a seat open between us. And he looks and he goes, no, Jesus, no. Jesus, no. And he could just picture having to sit like, and the guy didn't sit there. But, and so we had a seat between us, but he leans forward, and my young protege's got his head up next to the, the back of the seat like this. He's like this. And he looks over at me, and he says, do you do this all of the time? And I said, son, what's wrong? He said, I'm so tired. I said, we're not even there yet. I said, when we get there, we're going to be preaching three to four times a day to 12,000 people at a time. And he says, I'm so tired. I said, son, look at me. He looked at me. I said, am I your mentor? He said, yes, sir. I said, are you a real protege? He said, yes, sir. I said, I don't want to hear the word tired out of your mouth again until you pass 50. And when you do, I'll be in heaven and won't have to listen. <laughs> and then I laughed. Come on, man. Think young. Think young. Let your mind be engaged. I think before I leave this weekend, I'm going to show you a video. If I can pull it up from a text, Justin will help me. You'll help me. You'll help me get this done. And it's a song called, I Know Who I Am. And it's, I'm 64, and when you see this song, yeah, it cooks. Hello, apostle. Got it done. Praise the Lord. Going to next renews your youth. Going to next renews your youth. I know 25-year-olds that think old. I know 85-year-olds that think young because they're, they're always looking, what's God got next for me? What has God got next for me? So going to next renews your youth. Number next, going to next unlocks the paradigm of new. What's paradigm mean? The way you think. It's kind of like energizing your mind, but it'll unlock the paradigm of new. In other words, you won't be against new, you'll like new. Does anybody here like new? Now, I'm, I'm just talking about in stuff, too. I like new. Now, I'm a little strange because I like some old stuff, too. You know you've passed 55 when you start liking old cars. I like old cars. I just like them. They bring back memories, you know. Not, not Model T's, Model A's. Not that old. <laughs> But muscle cars of the 60s, you know, Chevelle's bright blue swing back, 327, three on the column. Brings back wonderful memories of breaking the law. <laughs> Shouldn't admit that, but got to see what a 327 engine will do. Off the start, if, you, if it's got a standard, and you pop the clutch in, how much rubber can you leave? Don't look at me like, oh, I can't, I can't respect you anymore. Get over it. <laughs> so I like the old cars. But I like new stuff. I like new stuff. It's funny. I go with some of my friends, and they love antiques. And there's, I, I kind of like some antiques and stuff, but I don't want to sleep on them. Look at that bed. And they'll say, look at that antique bed. Wow, I wonder who all has slept on that bed. I don't care. It squeaks. It creaks. It's, I want, I want, you know, new mattress. New, new, new. I've learned to wear my shirt tail out. That was hard for me. That was a major thing because <laughs> I'm always used to you. But it's new. Thank you. I'm trying to stay young. 
But I still tuck it in so. <laughs> it unlocks the paradigm of new. Go through the Word. I'll give you a little homework. Go through the Word of God. Take a concordance or, or on your iPad and, and whatever you use to study the Word. And just look up new, 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 new. Any man being Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, he makes all things new. His mercies are new every morning. He's making a new heaven and a new earth. What was wrong with the old heaven? Nothing wrong with the old heaven. He just, he likes new. Variety, new. Don't get stuck. And when you're moving to God's next, you will embrace new. You'll embrace new. Now, I don't mean new stuff that's not true, but new, new. I got to show this video sometime while I'm here. It's this song. It's done by an African group. I, can't, I wish I haven't learned it yet, but we are a chosen generation called forth to show his excellence. You'll have to see it. It's powerful, isn't it? And, I, and, and But, Brother Mike, that's not what you were raised with. I know, but it's true, and it's biblical, and I loved it. Someone me says, 64 and white, I don't care. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And they're at DDA's church, and the place was packed, and they're, and they're all in the front, and they're dancing. I know who I am. Who he says I am. And they're cooking, man. And I can't even, the, the beat their drummer does, I can't even keep up with. So I don't clap, I just sing. <laughs> Powerful. New. Don't, don't reject new. When you're moving to God's next, there'll be new things all the time. New opportunities all the time. New ideas. New revelation. I told Apostle Nelson this morning, I'm sitting there, we're talking the Word of God, and I said, oh, this thing about knowing Jesus and, 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 and going on to know Him. And I said, They're just, I've got so much revelation of that flowing through me right now. Ever since we talked a little bit about it coming back from north, and it's just so new in me. Oh, I'm excited about it. And you say, well, you've been preaching 49 years. You've never seen it. Oh, there's lots of things you've never seen yet. And when you move to next, you'll embrace new. I gotta, I gotta, I'm going to take a break here in a minute. Next, it shifts and categorizes relationships. That's a wrong word. It should be sifts, not shifts. Although there are some relationships you need to shift. But that should be sift. You know what it is to sift? You know, you, you take flour and a sifter. It's probably high tech now, new, you know. <laughs> Karen, Karen brought in salt and pepper shakers the other day. She loves salt and pepper shakers. We have enough salt and pepper shakers in the cabinets. And then she displays. She's always into salt and pepper shakers. And she brought in these two, and they're tall, and they're red. They're tall. And I'm taking this thing, and I'm looking at it, and it's the salt. And, you know, some of it you grind the sea salt. Well, this isn't a grinder. But I don't see how you can shake the salt out. And I'm going, what? How do I put salt on my eggs? And she said, just turn it, up, turn it upside down. I turn it upside down, and a motor engaged. <laughs> and I turn it upside down and goes, and, and it's grinding sea salt. And Karen's sitting across the table going, she's smiling like, isn't that cool? And I think, oh, man, what I've always wanted. <laughs> I didn't say it that way, but, you know, sifts, sifts. You, you, you shake, you put the flour and you do this, and it sifts, you know, it sifts. Jesus said Satan has desired to have you that he would sift you as we. Sifting relationships and categorizing relationships. What's that mean? Every relationship you have as you move to next 
won't be the same. And you'll have to sift relationships and categorize them. Because some people that have liked you for what you have been won't like you for where you're going. And it doesn't mean you quit loving them. You, just, you love them. And you help them. But you move on to what's next. You move on to what's next. Paul loved Mark. But Mark wasn't ready for Paul. So he moved on. And after Barnabas worked with Mark... God brought Paul and Mark back together. You don't have to just stay stuck in the same level of relationships all your life. Sift relationships. Sift them. What relationships are speaking faith into your life? Who is speaking, you can do it. God is in you. Go for what God has. Enrich those relationships. Who's speaking to you like Job's three critical friends. Sift those relationships. Love them long distance. Don't tell them your plans. They'll tell you 50 reasons why you won't be able to do it. Don't tell everything. But God showed me. Don't tell them. Ask Joseph about that experience. (laughs) 45 minutes are up. Stand up. Praise God. Praise the Lord. What are we going to take? How long a break, Pastor? Ten minutes. God bless you. Donuts here? Donuts are here? New. New, fresh donuts. Only get them on Saturday morning. Follow Daniel. He's made a, he made a break for the donuts. <laughs>